Welcome to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We are also brought to you by Aria Benefits. We help visionary business leaders to grow their companies through attracting and retaining top talent. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and spandex-wearing business partner, Al McDonald. Al, I'm assuming nice weather. You're out on the bike this weekend. Well, let's hope so. And I'm, I am looking forward to some nice weather because it's been kind of a cold damp spring and I know everyone's getting tired of it and uh, this weekend is supposed to be nice so yes I'm looking forward to hitting the bike but also just looking forward to some warmer weather some nice weather exactly well returning to the show today is Paul Gadette who is the CEO and co-founder of Dig Insights a tech-enabled consumer insights company well obviously Paul your first experience on the show must have been okay because here you are uh, you know back again so always good to catch up with you Thank you. And thanks for providing a little bit more context to the spandex wearing comment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we put some uh, some context around that. Spandex, spandex or lycra, it depends. I, I, hear the, I hear them both. Well, let's start off, Paul. Let's remind people just quickly about the kind of work Dig Insight does, and then we can dive into the questions. Sure. Yeah. Um, so Dig Insights, uh, as you mentioned, uh, a tech-enabled, uh, it's a consumer insights and innovation company based in Toronto with an office in Chicago. Uh, we have a consulting team of about 150 that help our clients answer really complex questions about changes in consumer behaviors. And we have an innovation insights platform called Upside, which is really designed for innovation testing, optimization, and helping our clients get uh, products and services to the market with greater success. Very cool. I'm glad you brought up Upside because I want to dig into that. See what I did there? Yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah. You yeah. know, we'll, we'll <laughs> dig into that a little later. But I want to go back because, you know, we're all here we are in 2022 and we're all looking back at 2020. I was chatting with part of my team yesterday and I said, I remember coming to the team and said, I don't know what this means. Yeah. But let's let's see what happens. And, and thankfully, we were able to work through that. So going back 2020, a lot of people took a mulligan that year and, and really took the time to figure out what does COVID mean to their business and, and their lives ultimately. So maybe let's talk about 2021. What was your experience with the company over the last year? And maybe just talk to us about that, about what you've done internally at your company. Yeah, I, I mean, to your point, I think there was a lot of people who took 2020 as a chance to kind of really rethink what their business was about and how it was really going to survive. I think, you know, as soon as the pandemic hit, we we were in the same boat, but that really lasted only two months. And then everything came back again. I mean, we're in the business of understanding consumers and changes in consumer behaviors. And so every one of our clients had a question about what's going to happen. We need to find out. And so we need companies like Dig to help us understand what's happening in the market. So we actually had a pretty great year in 2020. We even finished uh, higher than we did in 2019, which was a surprise for us and actually like a really a blessing. And then that brought us right into 2021, which I don't think could have forecasted a, a better year. We you know, we were, we hired almost 90 people. So to give you some context, it's basically almost doubling our company in size. 
we were up almost 50% in revenues for 2021. So a lot, as you can imagine, you know, 2021 for a lot of our clients, there was a lot of uh, continuing questions. You know, we're coming out of this pandemic or we feel like we're getting back into lockdown. They're still trying to understand what's happening with consumers, whether or not their changes from the pandemic are going to be permanent changes or temporary changes and really a lot of things that needed to inform their strategy. So we did get a lot of questions from our clients. And I think that was reflective in you know, the type of business that we saw, but also our, our industry overall. I'd say that we probably outperformed many of our competitors because of some of the stuff that we were providing our clients. And luckily, the type of company that we are, I think we also were able to attract pretty good talent when I know everyone was really struggling to find talent in 2021. So a lot of great things that happened from you know just adding people and also the, the revenue increases that we experienced. You know, you talk about attracting, retaining good top talent. And I mean, you guys are doing a lot of things that are pretty unique out in the marketplace. So I think you continue to, to attract a lot of great people. And of course, I get to meet some of those people. And obviously, they're doing a really great job. But, you know, one of the reasons why I really like doing the podcast, and of course, we've chatted on the show, but we, all, we also chat offline, you know, success leaves clues. And for us, it's been nice to chat with people when you're going through a time where there's no playbook for this, right? We didn't know what was going to happen. So being able to bounce ideas off of people like yourself, although the pandemic was something terrible none of us ever wanted, I mean, it kind of forced us in the same as you to to pivot in the rest of the marketplace. And you either had to adapt or, or you were going to fall behind. So it's really nice to see companies like yours demonstrating, hey, you can pivot you can actually grow from this opportunity as long as you just don't say, hey, I'm going to stop and put my head in the sand and, and, and just wait and see what happens, right? Because I think that's very dangerous. For sure. And I think, you know, to your point about pivoting, I think many companies realized that they needed to make some changes and some changes very quickly because it just right at the start, even though our organization was one that, you know, you could work remotely or work from home, well, then all of a sudden everybody had to work from home. Luckily, we have the processes in place to set people up, but people are really quick uh, to adapt to a, a forced change that's immediate. It's really hard to then get them to change to something else, like going back into an office. And so over the period of the, you know, 2020 and 2021, we were just really putting feelers out in terms of like, yeah, you know, are employees even want to go back to an office? You know, are they more productive at home? And if they aren't going back in office, how do we change our benefits and our, you know, the package that we offer our employees to make them feel like we are supporting them in a work from home environment? So there is a, there's a number of things that we had to look at. And obviously, Robin, with your help, I mean, you say that we're you know, fairly unique and innovative in this space. And it's something that we don't know because we don't you know, can really compare ourselves to our competitors. So it's an inside view that I think that you can provide context on. But you know, for us, it's a matter of we constantly survey our employees and try to find out how we can better serve them, what their needs are, not just from a work perspective, but even outside of work. Mental health was a really big thing, especially during the you know pandemic. You know, we partnered with a company called Inkblot to provide more services to the organization, even just things like, you know, retirement savings, which is something that we wanted to look at for so long. Is something that we wanted to implement at the organization. We changed even just some of the work from home uh, policies so that basically we had to change our policy mix so that we're providing people with a, a stipend that they can use at home for at home expenses related to you know their at home office. And I think ultimately that led us down the path of saying, yeah, officially we have a remote first organization. We are not requiring anybody in the organization to go back into an office. We're going to have to figure out what that looks like. We have an office and people can still go to it, but we've been able to maintain a great culture and 
camaraderie by having weekly team meetings online. And we haven't really felt what many organizations may feel as the suffering from that lack of connectivity, at least with our company so far. You've made a great segue into what I wanted to talk about next. And I think you've already answered some of the question. And you said that you actually doubled in size, uh, added up to 90 new employees in 2021. So can you talk a little bit, Paul, about what have you guys done at Dig to continue to be an employer of choice in your space? And, you know, you've got competition out there. What is it that you're doing to attract these employees when right now it's, you know, there's people leaving, there's people changing jobs. It's, it's tough out there. So what do you think is that you're doing that's differentiating you? It's a good question. I, I don't know. Yeah, aside from some of the obviously the benefits that we provide employees, like and, and stuff that we've always kind of had, unlimited vacation, for example. We make sure that you know anybody that can take a vacation should be taking a vacation is booking vacation and making sure that they're taking time off. And actually, during the pandemic, we got you know almost upset with people not taking enough time off that we made sure that if they weren't taking at least three weeks, they were going to get at least paid out at the end of the year for up to those three weeks so that no one felt like they got ripped off or not taken to vacation because they didn't feel like they should take a vacation or they were just you know they didn't realize that even just a staycation at home was still a vacation. So it was a, something that we thought, you know, as, how can we be as fair as possible to our employees, knowing that they're in a little bit of a different kind of time right now? So we always had unlimited vacation. I think we've always had a great culture and that reputation has, uh, you know, it's kind of worked its way through the industry. And then when we looked at new opportunities for attracting talent, RSPs matching was, was one aspect that we wanted to implement. But it also took us a while to be able to find the right partner. I think, you know, we, you know, I think we worked great with Robin to get Wealthsimple, their company RSP program uh, implemented at DIG, which was a new program that they were offering versus some existing ones that you know our employees felt were just a little too complicated to, to manage. And so anything we can do to make our employees feel like we're putting them first and making things simple for them from a work from home perspective or a future RSP you know, matching perspective, or just even the benefits that we provide them on limited vacation and, and actually even executive level benefits. Those are all things that work towards attracting talent. But I think the top of the list is really, we've built a strong reputation for doing a fantastic work, helping our employees grow in their positions and within the organization. And I think when there's opportunities like you know people you know, considering a move, they're going to look at Dig as a go-to employer. You mentioned taking time off during the pandemic, and we, we were in the same situation. And even I think ourselves, right? You were working at home. You put your head down. You didn't realize how much time had you know passed because it it just seemed like one day flowed into the other. And you're right. I think we had to do the same thing to say, guys, we're you know we're halfway through the year. No one's taken any vacation. You got to book some. Just, well, you know. yeah. And the other aspect of that, Al, was that our other fear was that because no one was taking vacation during the pandemic, everyone was going to take December off. Right. And for us, that was also a a realization that if people aren't taking a bit time now, then we need to pay you out for vacation. Because at the the other end of it is we can't have a whole organization being off for the month. So we had, it was a balance, but we've actually kept that kind of vacation period. If you don't take three weeks into 2021 and 2022 as a reminder that you should be taking vacation, but yes, sometimes things happen and you don't take a vacation. We're still going to pay you for that time. Well, you've talked about where you came from 2020 versus 2021. Now we're into 2022. And, and you know, I think you're defining yourself as a remote first organization. And people that we talk to are still wondering, well, is this it? Right. So like, what do you think the future of work is? Is this it? Are we, are we digital, you know, first now uh, going forward? 
Is there going to be some sort of hybrid? Like in your mind, what do you see as the future of, of work? It's hard to know how far into the future to look. I go downtown now to my office about three days a week, two or three days a week. So I personally go down to my office. And then when I go down to the office, we have an office that could see about know, 140 people. And we have like six that come in fairly consistently. For us to say we're going to give up that office is a risk because I think, you know, as you get into summer months, people want to get out more. They want to socialize more. They want to actually connect more. And so having a place to go is important. At the same time, even you go downtown, the busiest days are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and no one's coming in Mondays and Fridays. And I don't really see that changing. I think people have either moved out of the city or the cities that they, they work in been able to buy a bigger house, achieve something that they wouldn't have achieved if they were still living in in a a downtown core of a city, going into an office. And so I do think that remote is going to be the key consideration for people when they're choosing a company to work for. And I do think employers need to recognize that that is going to be the norm going forward and that there is going to be a, a hybrid approach. And as a result of that, you need to consider a lot of things like you know how you're evaluating performance and making sure people get access to the same opportunities and making sure they feel included within an organization, even though they don't work here. I mean, we've hired now five developers from Brazil, fantastic guys who are now very senior in our organization, and we've never met them in person. But you know, how do we make sure that they do feel included when we have an in-person event uh, in Toronto or in Chicago? And so those are things that we'll need to consider. Can we have them come up? Or even, to, you know, do we take the leadership team down there and meet them? We need to make sure that they feel part of the organization. But I don't see people going really going back to offices full time. And remote is definitely here to stay. And I think that really does change the way we talk about benefits or the way we talk about perks and how we're giving those to employees. They are changing. And I think employees just need to pivot quite quickly and recognize that this is going to probably be a permanent shift. We were in the same boat as you. I mean, our space, our office space is is much different. Ours is much smaller than yours. But we had questioned for a while there, do we get rid of the building and go fully remote? But for the reasons that you spoke about, it's nice to have a hub where people can come in. Yesterday was one of the first days that I was in the office when, you know, my business partner, Joe, was in. And I had missed having just being able to sit down with him. You know, he makes the best espressos in the world. So we're able to sit down together. And you miss that. Now, will I go back to the office full time? No. I might be in two to three days a week at a maximum, but it's nice having the opportunity. If you know, there's going to be someone in the office you want to connect with and just, you know, have that face to face. So, so I think that blend, I think you're right. That's where it's going to go. I I don't see a time where we're all going to be in the office every single day. And I think you're right. You have to be able to adapt and think about things you never thought about finding those ways to still connect and build that culture and, and, and still, you know, making sure people feel that they're recognized even though you're not physically, right? And let me give you another context too, is that a lot of our employees are younger employees or are parents with young kids. You know, you tell us, you know, family with parents of young kids that they, you know, to be in an office full time, how are you doing daycare pickups? You know, how are you actually being, or even drop-offs, which I do now. I drop off my kids at daycare and I don't necessarily always get to pick them up, but you know, when I'm at home, I do. And that's something that I would never want to really replace or take away from any of our other employees that get to spend that extra little bit of time with their families at home. So I think there is a, you know, there's a life stage. If you do have kids, then typically if you have kids, sometimes getting out of the house and going in an office is the best thing you can do. And the you know, is what they look forward to. But other times you recognize that, yeah, those two hours I spent in a day just commuting and getting to work and getting to the office and getting home, 
I filled up that two hours and I filled it up with probably more, you know, family time and sometimes even more work to be honest, but at least I have more flexibility when I am at home. And so the, the office becomes a, a nice to go to for a you know social interaction, but it's not going to be a place for increased productivity. Yeah, agreed. You use the word flexibility in there. And I think, you know, everything I've heard so far from you, Paul, today is that's really what you've done for your employees. If they want to come into the office, it's there. If they want to work from home, it's there. If they want to make a combination of the two, it's there. So I think that's important. So I want to make a little bit of a turn here because we've talked about Dig Insights and what you've done. Talk a little bit about, you also have an upside SaaS platform, which we never really have talked about. Can you just tell us, you know, what that's all about, who's using it and how it's helping those organizations that you're working with? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, Al, for mentioning it. And just for the record, that's not my dog barking. It's not. <laughs> the best part about this uh, this podcast, I tell people, it is 100% authentic. We're not holding anything back. So you hear a dog barking. That's part of it. That's part of real life. Kid you know, we're working in. at home. Or a kid coming in, for sure. Asking, exactly. Asking that's real life. Yeah. Yeah, Upside is, so it's our first real SaaS offering that we've created, uh, and we only started really offering as a SaaS product in 2019. The idea of it is helping organizations test new innovations and helping them be more successful when they launch a new product or service and market. And so the platform itself is designed to quickly get feedback from consumers on new ideas, helping clients prioritize those ideas, or getting some even some analytics around those ideas on how they would perform or how successful they could be. And so the types of clients that are actually using that, I mean, it can be used by any organization who wants to understand how to better serve their customers. But the types of clients that we tend to work with in our consulting practice are large Fortune 500 types of clients, consumer packaged good clients, or you know, QSR, quick service restaurant clients. And they'll use this platform for, you know, standardizing the way they innovate across an organization. So whether you're a Coca-Cola or a McDonald's, for an example, you're going to use our platform as a way of saying this, this is our approach to testing, you know, almost stage zero or early stage innovation ideas. And large organizations tend to have a stage gate type of approach to product development. This product, the platform that we have fits really well into like the early stages when you're just trying to come up with ideas and trying to see what would be a little bit of a appealing idea for consumers that you want to move on to that the next stage in that innovation process. And so Upside is that where it plugs in right into that stage gate approach for some of our larger organizations. And what's great about that is you can create a survey, launch a survey within that platform, get results back, usually within about an hour or two hours, and the data is already there. You can interpret the data and make some decisions. So it's a really effective and efficient way for our clients to uh, advance some of their innovation initiatives by leveraging a platform like this. Very cool. Well, we talked a lot about your company, the future of work, how we all had to adapt during the, you know, the last little while. What's next for your company? Because it sounds like, I mean, I, I again, I've had the benefit of watching you from four founders launch the company and it's been a thrill to see what you've done so far, but uh, what's next? To be honest, this is the first time where we've actually had a chance to kind of think about that. So in 2020, so me and my three partners, it was really the first time that we stopped working with clients specifically and then started working on the business. And so even though I'm a CEO, that's a fairly new title for me. And I you know, have really the fortune to be able to work with three smart people um, who I've been with for the last 12 years. 
one of them leading our technology side of the business, uh, one of them leading the consulting side of the business, and then another who's our chief growth officer is really leading the marketing and productization and standardization of the business. And we, at this point now, have really found our, I think, our footing on who we are as a company, how we're different versus those that exist in the market today. And we're really excited about continuing our, our growth and our expansion. We've Hired uh, probably now about 20-ish people in Chicago, a couple others sprinkled throughout the U.S. So expansion into the U.S. is a big thing for us and a big focus. Our technology platform, now that we've had a chance to see it versus competitive offerings, is best in class. And we're continuing to promote that platform and getting it almost like installed, I would say, with the larger organizations. And so we're continuing to push our, our platform and our consulting practices, much more of expansion in the U.S. And then also we're looking at U.K. expansion as well. So we've, we're really excited about continuing to build up on our brand and our reputation and, and showing new clients what our existing clients have been able to benefit from working with us over the years. Very exciting stuff. And it's been great to see you guys grow and evolve, you know, right from that very initial time when when we first met you sitting around and it was still, this was still an idea that was in your guys' head. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that seems like a long time ago, but you guys have come come a long way. It's a fast 12 years, Al. It's been a fast 12 years. I'm kidding, eh? Like the the overnight success that takes 12 years to build. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay. So I think we, we gave you a heads up on this one. And I'm going to ask you the question about what you're doing for society. So here it goes. A society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk a little bit about some of the proverbial trees you're planting? And that can be that could be you personally. That could be what the company's doing. What are you doing to make society better, if you will? Uh, let me try. I'll try to answer it. And I'll, you know, I'm not sure how great my answers will be, but I'll answer it in both contexts. So personal and company. So I kind of mentioned this just in the fact that I get to drop my kids off at taking and come home. I mean, first and foremost, I'm present for my two young kids. They're turning three and five this year. I've been able to you know, put them to bed and have dinner with them and, and be a, a good parent. And I think that's if I can demonstrate the importance of family to them and just also to our even our employees, making sure that they're also taking time with the family. I think that's just a way we can also just make sure that that next generation is just you know being good people um, and being present. And so you know that's the that's the first and foremost. I think for a company perspective, we do truly you know think about the impact uh, on society, and it's not even just like the types of clients that we take on. For example, we don't work with tobacco clients, but it's also the charities we donate to. Just even advancing, I'd say, our sustainability efforts. So not just from an environmental sustainability standpoint in trying to be more carbon neutral, but also a society standpoint. Uh, we have a scholarship that we offer every single year. It's two $4,000 scholarships awarded to individuals. And we've committed $40,000 to this initiative to try to increase the representation of BIPOC community within not only our organization, but within the uh, insights industry as a whole, which has always been lacking. And so those are some examples, I think, from the company's perspective. And I think lastly, for me, myself, I think over this year, I, you know, it's been eye-opening even just being in this CEO role where I've never really felt like I've been a CEO. I'm realizing that I do need to lead by example and be a strong leader in the organization and do what I can to bring up that next generation of leaders who really value people, who are empathetic and really can, yeah, demonstrate the ability to be a good leader and, and be a good person to society. And, you know, that you realize you're taking on a lot more responsibility than you initially thought when people are coming to you with those types of questions. And 
next thing you know, with a 180 person company and the types of stuff that we get from our employee surveys, you realize you do need to step it up from that perspective and make sure that you're listening to people and really valuing people. So that would be my answer to that question is a long-winded answer to the question. No, but it's a good one. And your very first point, I think every parent out there will agree. Those years go by way too fast. So taking advantage of that. They do. They do. And my son's birthday is this Sunday and it's the first time he's turning three. It's the first time that we're actually able to have a party for him. So like just, you know, he's missed the first few years of his birthday parties. And so I mean, not that he'll remember it, but, uh, but we will. So, you know, we're going to have a big, large bouncy castle and I think it'll just be me inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't think of a better place to wrap that up. Well, happy birthday to your son. And uh, thanks for joining us again today, Paul, and, and sharing your insights. See, I did it again. Um, did it again. What's, what's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Dig Insights? I mean, you feel free to email me, paul at diginsights.com. I'm always on LinkedIn as well. Feel free to find me and message me there. Our website's diginsights.com or upside upsideupsiide.com we'll show you our technology platform and there's contact forms through there but i'm happy to kind of field any questions from any of your audience members on you know me my company uh, our growth all that type of stuff so anytime anyone wants to reach out i'm available that's awesome all right that does it for today's episode i really enjoyed this conversation as always i hope you did too if you have any questions for al or myself please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on linkedin Success leaves clues, my friends. And remember, it all starts with one.